In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be analyzing the defeat against Lazio. We'll be previewing the two upcoming games against Ludogorets in the Europa League and Sampdoria in the Serie A. This week's Moji, Moratti and Frog and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nimatalalo Iruzzari, who is still raging with fury uh, after yesterday's loss against Lazio, but not so much for the loss, but for the uh, Gianluca Rocchi picture horror show that we've come to, so accustomed to watching for the past 12 years. But before I get to that, uh, and we, all, we will get to that, uh, I want to introduce our panel, uh, starting with the uh, Semprinta.com preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Nassar. How are you doing, Mo? I've uh, been better, but uh, still uh, <laughs> one piece for sure, and uh, yeah. happy to be on the phone. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're here, because I need your positivity today. <laughs> right. Um, we are also joined by a very good friend of the show, who hasn't been with us uh, for quite some time, the, and we're very happy that he is. He's, he's the gentleman ultra himself, Mr. Richard Hall. Hi, guys. Yeah, it's been a long time, but really glad to be back. But sorry, it's not in a little bit better circumstances. Yeah, it is, and it's not your fault, because we're going to blame the next guest for everything that happened. Uh, he he's uh, the uh, he covers uh, the Italian football for Forza Italian Football. He also does it for Reuters. He's been found on 442 and iPaper Sport, and he's host of the Lazio Lounge pod, Mr. Alastair McKenzie. I was kind of expecting my name to be greeted <laughs> by a chorus of boos there. <laughs> no, 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 it's not your fault. Uh, just, um, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the starting of that, I mean, the, the Stadio Olimpico this season, uh, Lazio, um, has, has seen, has, has really seemed like it's been like a rebirth. And, and, and you've reported quite a bit on that uh, from, from those games. I think, uh, I think you've been to every single game this season. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about that because because it was a long time ago that Lazio were were had had this kind of buzz around the club. Um, how how would you describe uh, the 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 atmosphere? You know, at least that's how I feel it from from an outside point. But how would you describe it being closer to the club? Obviously, I think the word I'd probably use is infectious. Um, there's just such a a good feeling around what's happening this season. No surprise considering the results and what you'd say really is an overachievement in, in terms of what we expected going into the season and what's happening. Um, but I think it goes beyond the results as well. I think there's a real relationship has formed between the fans and this team. And I think that's been helped by the fact that Simone Inzaghi is the coach. And everyone's already loved Simone Inzaghi for the last 20 years before he even started doing this. And on top of that, it's just... A great team full of very likable players um, and they've been at the club for a long time now he's obviously created this team and kept his key players in place and been building and building over the years and actually the success that's happening now isn't quite as much of a surprise to Lazio fans who've been following their progression over the years because it has felt like it's been a, a construction I suppose um, but yeah I mean now it's got to this point where last night honestly the the atmosphere 
and also the the size of the crowd was unlike anything I've ever seen before really at a Lazio game and you know beyond that I was doing a nil-nil draw against Verona on a Wednesday night um, a couple of weeks ago and you had over 40,000 people in for that and I think we all know by now, you less so as Inter fans, I suppose, but the rest of Italian football, how hard it is to get a crowd into the stadium. So that is really a mark of changed days and says a lot about, like I say, this relationship that's formed between the fans and the team. Uh, that's, uh, that's a very good point. Um, Mo, did you have a question for Alistair? Yeah, I wanted to ask Alistair, um, in my assessment, I mean, I, I don't want to get into the game uh too much uh, get into uh, like uh, deep waters of the tactic analysis, etc. But in, in my understanding, um, Inzaghi's uh, Lazio is a team that does the basics very well and does it for a longer stretch of the game than their opponents always. Would you reckon that this is the strength and this is what this is what happened yesterday that when Inter switched off, Lazio were always on. Uh, or is there something else that you think is the foundation of Inzaghi's, uh, Inzaghi's Lazio? Um, I think the key to this success really is that they've really shown this season that they have an answer to almost any question. Um, obviously, they're on this ridiculous unbeaten run that's now 19 games, but it's not like they've been winning all these games or, or getting draws in in. And by playing the same way, they can mix it up. You know, some people refer to them as a counter-attacking team, but that that's not actually true. Um, they can be dangerous as a counter-attacking team. They can choose to play that way, but they can also dictate possession, which they did a lot last night. Um, they, they, they have lots of different ways of playing and lots of players who can get them out of trouble when they're in that. I think the, the greatest change this season that's been made is that the defence has become the best in Italy. And that is almost come out of nowhere really from a Lazio perspective it used to be the greatest weakness under Inzaghi and now um, they're capable of um, not conceding silly goals far fewer individual errors so from that perspective I think you're right but then when you've got the likes of Alberto Milinkovic Savic Immobile uh, Joaquin Correa in the same team you just know that they're going to make things happen and I think that the tactical balance that Inzaghi has struck the way he sets this team up has been the way that gets the best out of all these players. So when they're all playing and they're all fit, the foundation has now been laid that they're not going to give away easy goals. And that means sooner or later they, they get the feeling they're going to break through. And, you know, I was at the press conference last night after the game, and that's what Inzaghi was saying, was basically that they were so confident that they were going to win this game that he had to tell them all to calm down basically at halftime and say that, Look, you gave away a goal on a counter attack because you're 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 believing yourselves a bit too much. But there is this feeling now where just Lazio go into games, you know, with this kind of surety that they're going to come away with a result, and you can kind of see see how the the players have responded to that. I mean, how much? Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a danger with that um, in terms of overconfidence. But uh, but I mean, if we if we go back to what you said about the being one of the best defenses in 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 the Serie A, and right now statistically they are, how much of that is down to would you say uh, Acerbi and the amazing impact he's had on this team, uh, and how much is 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 Inzaghi's tactics and him suiting to that? Like, where would you? How would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, Acerbi has been the absolute um, cornerstone of it all. Um, the guy is just 
phenomenal. I mean, he's he's got everything as a defender. Um, he's added a, a great deal of leadership to that defence, which we didn't have necessarily when De Vrij was there. Um, and that has really helped the likes of Luis Felipe come along, um, who's settled into the team. But I think the fact that Inzaghi's actually chosen a settled back three this season has made a big difference because although the rest of the team was settled for the last two years, really, in terms of midfield and attack, he would constantly chop and change the back three from week to week. It was very, very rare to see the same back three being selected from one game to the next. This year, it's got to a point where more often than not, Felipe, Radu and Acerbi is the back three. So they, they've got quite a good balance between the three of them as well. Lucas Leva just continues to do his thing. I think he's probably the most underrated player in this team in terms of his importance to the way they play. Um, and really, he's the kind of platform um, that allows the, the more gifted, I suppose, attacking players to do their thing. But actually, um, final point is uh, really what's, what's happened on the right-hand side of this team. Milinkovic-Savic... Um, has become a much more complete midfielder this season. His uh, defensive work rate has increased massively. All his de defensive stats in terms of tackles, interceptions, um, he's losing the ball less in possession. He is making a big difference in the defensive phase instead of just in the attacking phase. And Manuel Lazzari, who's come in, has been a massive upgrade on Marasic, although he didn't start last night. He has uh, made a huge difference as well in terms of the work rate and what he can do to, to protect that side of the pitch as well. So all in all, I, I say Acerbi's been the standout performer, but really it's the way that Inzaghi set the team up and the, the combination of players he's got there that's allowed it to happen. Rich, uh, Richard, did you have a question for uh, Alistair? Yeah, Alistair, he's, um, you sort of touched on it there a little bit. Um, I saw Lazio early in the season away at Bologna, really enjoyed uh, how they played. Um, and this in this season, just watching them on TV constantly, they, they just look, everything you said, you know, um, very complete team. I'm going to ask you a question that's probably been fielded at you many times before this season. But, you know, when you you mentioned a few players there, whether it's Laposha, you know, Echevi, Milinkovic, Savic, Luis Alberto as well for me, um, and obviously, Chiro Immobile. Uh, one, one question that seems to be uh, thrown at Lazio is that if they did lose Chiro Immobile for, you know, for injury or one of those key components is, have they got a the, the, the deep enough squad? And I thought from your experience of watching them week in, week out, is it a difference that a lot of the squad players they have got, whether that's from Sado coming in or, or many of the others, that actually, are they underrated, the rest of those squad players? Because people have thrown accusation that if, you know, Malinka is injured, it puts a big uh, problem in for that squad. Or do you think that, that, well, like I said, are they underrated, the squad players? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is, I wrote about this quite recently, actually. It's, um, it, it's something that Inzaghi does almost better than anyone, is he manages to get the best out of quite limited players. So in terms of the performances he's getting out of the likes of, you mentioned Caicedo there, he's been phenomenal the way he's turned around his reputation in the last two years. And, you know, he's got one of the best um, goals per minute ratios in the league this season, which would quite easily pass you by. But if if you actually look at the amount of time he spends on the pitch um, against how many goals he scores, it's quite impressive. But even Patrick, um, he was a, a laughing stock at one point, now has become a very useful part of this team. Um, Bastos has, has stopped making individual errors about a year and a half ago now and has become someone that he can actually rely on. I mean, he does just improve these players. Having said that, yes, of course, there's a big drop-off. I think 
starting 11 wise Lazio are in the top three in Serie A but the problem is the squad depth it still is gonna be a huge drop-off if you're taking Chiro Immobile out of the team and putting in Caicedo or if you're replacing Milinkovic Savic with Marco Parolo I mean the squad isn't um, doesn't have that quality of depth in it. I think Inzaghi's done very well to get the performances he has out of fairly limited resources beyond the, the first 11. But that was always my main concern about their ability to you know keep this up. And I think that actually it's not the most original thought in the world, but it is worth mentioning that the fact that they have been knocked out of the Europa League, knocked out of the Coppa Italia already, Lazio almost needed that to happen in order to have this kind of season in the league um, because over the last couple of seasons, they've really struggled by trying to juggle Euro- Europa League knockout rounds, um, going deep into the Coppa Italia and continuing their, their form in Serie A. And they've dropped off in the tail end of league seasons and missed out on Champions League football. So, you know, uh, they didn't do it intentionally. <laughs> Not trying to claim that, but um, <laughs> but I think it could be a blessing in disguise that they've they've um, they've gone and done that, and that they can have as much preparation time and as as many chances as they can to keep all these guys fit. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, and and but but I mean, as you said, this 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 belief that you said that they're almost a little bit overconfident. I mean, just asking you not not to predict or anything, but what is your feeling? Uh, about this team, because I mean, if we look, if we look at you know, if we look at the Serie as a whole, the best team is is uh, is the team that goes on one of these runs in March, April. Is it? Do you, do you think maybe that th- there's a risk that maybe this peak in form, this incredible peak in form, has has come a little bit too soon, and therefore the dip uh, will 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 follow it? Uh, you know, in terms of the, as a, as a normal result of of the form, you know, not being able to perpetuate it forever. Or do you think that you will be you, you think that Lazio have what it takes to maintain this? Well, this is the thing, right? I mean, I keep. <laughs> I, I, there hasn't really been a peak. This has been going on since the last time we played your lot. It's been going on since the end of September. Um, so that's you know over four months now, almost five months of this form. So it's not really about um, a peak or a dip. Uh, you know, it'll be called a dip when Lazio actually lose a game, which will happen. But I, I don't look. I'm not going to say they're going to win the Scudetto. I, I think that now there's there's a, a reasonable um, expectation or belief that they're going to be able to at least stay up in the top three for the rest of the season and at least give it a good go. I don't think they've got enough to, to challenge to actually win the league title. Um, I'd still be absolutely staggered by something like that happening. But they've, they've got some difficult way of games coming up. You know, Atalanta, Napoli, Juve, they've still got to go to all those places. Of course, they're not going to go unbeaten for the rest of the season, but it's not really been about... Um, mm you know, a sudden spike in form. It's their consistency is what's amazed me the most. And I guess that's that's the thing that I keep tripping myself up about. Whenever I have doubts about this team, they've they've just proven me wrong every single time. And they're winning the big games, they're winning the small games, they're they're just always finding a way. Mm, that's an interesting point. I'm glad you brought that up uh, uh, about their consistency. I mean, one of the players you spoke about Bastos, and I thought last season I was so impressed by Bastos, and this season he can't even get into the team, which I find so, which I find a little bit surprising. Um, I mean, as he, I mean, as you said, Inzaghi's strength is to get the best out of rather limited players or or or, 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 or such. But I mean, how? 
how how good do you think this team is? I mean, as, in terms of Luis Felipe and, and Immobile and Milinkovic-Savic, Lazzari, etc., you know, the, we, we all know how good they are. But if we talk about, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest uh, link kind of discussion, how how strong is this Lazio, in your opinion? It's... Um... It's the strongest Lazio team that I have seen, I'd probably say, since the early 2000s, since the tail end of the Scudetto winning team and the, the kind of meltdown of the Cragnotti era. Mm. Um, they are that good, in my opinion. I think, like I say, um, you know, if you're talking about you're only as good as your weakest links, then they're not that good <laughs> because we've got... <laughs> They've got Dennis Vavro in this squad, so I mean, <laughs> you know, so there, you know, I mean, there, there are weak spots, but um, uh, you know, it, it, I was worried last night, for example, that Marasic and Johnny were playing as the two wing backs, and given that the first choice wing back pairing is Lulic and Lazzari, um, that was a concern. And Johnny had a difficult night; didn't play very well. Um, having made improvements recently, it was it was a bit of a, a shame from a Lazio perspective, but um, it wasn't catastrophic. And I guess that that is what has made the difference this season is that, you know, someone having an off day no longer is going to be what wins or loses you a game. We've had plenty of those in the past, whether it's Wallace trying to do a step over and losing a romp <laughs> derby or whether it's Bastos or Mauricio having brain farts. I mean, there's been so much of this going on in the past that... I mean, when when you see Lazio fans now trying to talk about and um, being very, very wary of talking about uh, any pot potential Scudetto, I think a lot of it is down to how many of these individual errors have, have plagued this team in the past. And, um, I mean, you talk about Pazza Inter, but Lazio are right up there <laughs> as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a, an immensely talented squad, though. You know, and if you look at the core of this team, Strakosha for me is is one of the most underrated keepers in this league. Cherby, one of the best centre backs. Lucas, I've already mentioned. Milinkovic, Savic, and Alberto, and Lucas for me is the best midfield in Serie A this season. And then Immobile with Correa and Lazzari. I mean, it's a serious team, um, but it doesn't have that much depth. So I mean. I think they're, they're they're good enough to they're good enough to to finish among the top three this season. And for me, that is that would be an absolutely massive massive achievement if you consider that so many people didn't even have them in their top four going into the season. Mm, that's true. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I know you got to run away and you're going to work. Uh, and and I know that coming. Uh, thank you. So, coming to an interpod the day after, uh, <laughs> win like that, and you didn't gloat too much, which I got to thank you for as well. Um, if people yeah. want to follow you on Twitter, um, have you got something you want to you want to plug that's coming up? And also, what's your handle? Uh, my handle is at AKS McKenzie, which is spelled M A C K E N Z I E. Um, no, I mean, I'll uh, like I say, if, if you if you want to follow the the Lazio story this season, I am covering every single home game and the Roma story as well, which is equally entertaining. Um, so yeah, yeah, um, you can find all my work there and and on Facebook and so on as well. Uh, finally, before we let you go, I want you to predict who's going to win the Scudetto. Juventus. I'm sorry. 
Mm, that's that's what I said. Uh, no, no, I, I, don't I, be uh, sorry. I've been I'm saying seeing it for thing. months and months. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think everyone, me and Mo have been saying this all the time. That even when Inter were top of the league, that you know this is nothing. Come April, then we can talk. Yeah, I mean, look for me, it's uh, it says an awful lot that the atmosphere around the, the clubs at the top of the table, the fact that Juventus can be in on top of the league in the Champions League knockout round semi-finals of the Copa and still be getting criticised. But, um, you know, they, they, for me, just have too much quality and they're too used to winning. And it's it's going to be that simple. I think the other two teams are, are a little bit too flawed. So, unfortunately, I think it's actually going to end up be a bit, being a bit more comfortable than it, than it looks at the moment as well. But um, I am ready and willing to be wrong about that. <laughs> I bet you are. And I agree. <laughs> and I bet you are. Now, thank you so much for coming on, Alistair, uh, at Alistair McKenzie. Take care. Have a good night. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Ciao. Thanks, Alistair. Right. Um, let's uh, move on and talk about uh, more of the actual game because I think we can't uh, we can't uh, go past the big elephant in the room. And, and, and I want to start by giving a caveat here. And I do think that Lazio won deservedly. I think we should talk about that a little bit more because I thought Inter were a little bit too passive, which is something that they've been doing for the last couple of months in January and now in February, especially in the derby. They've been a little bit too passive. They've given the initiative to other teams, which is something the team used to do under Spalletti, but never under Conte uh, up until January. Um, but but what we're, what we're seeing now is something they've done, and they did it again against against Lazio but but I want to I want to I really want to so so I, I do think that Lazio won but I really want to talk about this and that is Gianluca Rocchi um I I I've I don't know how many hundreds of millions of times I've watched that again it's not a penalty I don't understand where he gets that from um Mo I, you were you were saying before we started you were gonna say you were telling me about uh, your thoughts about that situation and Rocchi's performance as a whole so I'm gonna hand it over to you no, I mean, look, uh, first of all, I don't think Lazio won the game. Huh? So I think, uh, I think both teams, uh, there was no clear, uh, clear uh, winner. I think uh, a draw would have been the deserved uh, result. But uh, as a matter of fact, I think uh, Inter's second goal, uh, Lazio's second goal uh, was entirely avoidable. But to the point of the referee, I, I have to say, I mean, I, I, was, I was in awe of how that could have been called a penalty. Like really, I, I, I was, there was nothing there. And, and it, it really, and there's the, no, the fact that it was, yeah, exactly. And, and the fact that the, I was watching, I was telling you, I was watching with my cousins and uh, we were watching the TV and they thought, uh, I can't remember what had happened before, who, who, who fell uh, before the, before the ball got to De Vrij and the Immobile. They thought that it was that, that might've been the, the, yeah. the call. Like, the, the 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 interaction between uh, Defray and Immobile is non-existent, and it's just the fact that uh, Defray is such a decent guy; he's not going to get all worked up. That maybe it didn't go more seriously back into VAR, but had it been anyone else, they would have been up in Rocky's face, screaming, fuming, like with steam coming out of their ears. There was nothing there, uh, absolutely nothing. So uh, yeah. Uh, you know when you this is what's so good because you're such a calm person and when you say it that kind of makes me feel because yeah I'm, I'm 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 you know me i'm i i explode and you know <laughs> all yeah. that but but i 
I, this, I'm so glad to hear you say that because there is no there there. Yes, there is contact, but you cannot say that that's an infringement because if anything, if you're going to go, if you're going to be completely anal about it, then Immobile kicks De Vrij in the knee. <laughs> exactly. It's Immobile who backs up into, into De Vrij. It's not, it's not I mean, vice versa. Moving, I mean, De Vrij is moving into a free space and gets kicked. Yeah. That's what exactly. happens. So, so I, I don't know. Richard, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, to be fair, um, I can completely understand both the frustrations because, you know, the same same thought process on the night. Um, I think it, I was more stunned afterwards because we've seen quite a lot of it this season with different different referees. But, you know, sometimes, like you just mentioned then, there is a situation where two players are going to have to come together. It still is a physical sport. And, and that's what VAR is there for, you know, in certain areas where, you know, yes, it might look like a collision. This one didn't. Let's just get that straight, first of all. Um, but, you know, then they can go back and look at it. And when you get two players who are, are competing for the ball and, you know, it, they both not managed to do exactly what they wanted to do, it doesn't mean that everything's a, a penalty every single time. And for me, it's when you have those decisions, which, like you said, I mean, I watched that originally and thought, no, that's nothing there. And you, because of everything that goes on in today's game, you sort of sit there and wait for them to bring it back. And when you know, and, it, and the fact that that still was given after was just was just um, mind-boggling. Um, you know, we're supposed to be progressing with this game, um, and and sometimes you know we've got there's still so many areas that are unclear. Well, in fact, even that wasn't unclear. That was very clear. So it was it was shocking. Um, you know, there's been there's been other decisions this season. Uh, you know, where I think it was uh, was it in the Coppa Italia where um, I can't remember who handballed it for Milan when he turned his back and it's just a ridiculous. Decision is, you know, we should have these sort of things uh, cut out of the game now. So, yeah, it was frustrating, really frustrating. Um, I kind of agree with most point in some respects. Lazio were, uh, whilst Lazio did play exceptionally well and probably were more consistent throughout the game, you know, Inter could have won it at the very last, uh, sorry, drawn at the very last as well. Um, but again, you might take your point as well. And, and, you know, I think that with Inter, sometimes you can get away with having you put up the gas a bit with the quality of the squad against lesser teams. But you can't do that against Lazio. No, no, you can't. Uh, but, but, but the thing is, like, I mean, I understand. I, I, the VAR, the rule, the regulation set by uh, and, and, and the instructions given to the video assistant referee is that they can only interfere and, and ask the referee to look at it if there is a clear and obvious error. And no, there is no clear and obvious error as per defined, because for there to be their definition of this ridiculous notion of clear and obvious error is that Immobile dived. Th then the referee has to come back and look at it. Uh, and there is absolutely no contact. So they can't, based on this stupid uh, definition, I mean, for me, an error is enough. <laughs> this clear, obvious, all these adjectives, no, error. Change it to error. Mm. All penalty exactly. situations. Yeah, all these penalty situations in the penalty area. If there is an error, get the referee to look at it again. Because then he can't hide behind it. And especially this, someone is, uh, someone like Rocky. I mean, we've had a decade and a half of, of, of games, not just where Inter, although Inter are predominantly dominant in this guy's resume of horror shows, but he's done this. <laughs> Just ask Ajax fans uh, what happened between Chelsea and Ajax earlier this season. I mean, this guy does it over and over and over again. Even before that penalty call in the first half, within the first 25 minutes 
I, I, I know I had written down in my notes four big mistakes. He missed four yellow cards that were so clear that you can't not give them to both two teams, to both to both teams, to the Lazio, to the Inter, and then and then he goes and does that in the second half, and it's just, it's it's exhausting. I I'm just exhausted of this guy, and I cannot wait until he retires. I honestly can't. I mean, he's the most <laughs> incompetent referee I have ever seen uh, in, in 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 Italian football that I can remember. Abisso. Uh, Abisso. Abisso. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, fair enough. But but I mean, Rocky, you know, Abisso can have highs and lows. Where where when when has Rocky ever had a high? Like it's just it's just it's just he digs deeper and deeper into being awful by every game. Yeah, and look, I I think I think Rocky's problem is his stubbornness. Like while like it's it's almost like. Oh, you think I made a bad uh, a bad call? Well, watch this. You know, I hold my beer. You know, he like he doubles down on, on like yeah, absolutely terrible. Absolutely it's the Donald terrible. Trump of referees. Just when you think he can't get lower, he just he just doubles down on it. Yeah, no, no, I hear what you mean. No, it's it's um no, it's just for, it's, it's 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 so annoying with this. And I want to make this absolutely clear. It's not that's not the reason Inter lost. Uh, you know, whatever you, you know, Inter lost because they gave the initiative to Lazio and Lazio, as Alistair said brilliantly, I agree 100% to that. Lazio are a team that can play both on the counter-attack, they can control a game with possession, and they have some damn good players to do that as well. So uh, there's no there's no blaming the referee for the loss. I, I, I'm just so frustrated of this clown and, and his, his clownish antics ruining games in the Serie A. And he does it over and over again. It's 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 a pattern with this guy that's been going on for 12 years. And it's just, uh, can they, like, when will this guy retire? That's the only thing. Uh, that's that's basically my only saving grace is, you know, <laughs> please retire. <laughs> you know, it's just, you that's know. It. You, can't, you can't even hope that he's going to be made accountable. No. He's got away for it for so long now. He's no one's yeah. going to start him accountable now so like you say you're waiting on him uh, hanging up his whistle yeah exactly you know because i mean this guy has been at the center of so many controversy i remember when he was banned from 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 inter's games from from officiating inter's games because of his atrocious refereeing that game against napoli when he sent off uh, when he gave a penalty for something that happened outside the penalty area, when he sent off Obi for winning the ball, like that, that after that game, basically Morati said, "I don't want to see this guy officiate another Inter game." Um, if you read Zlatan Ibrahimovic's book, you you know that Roberto Mancini, when he heard that Rocky was going to officiate the Inter, the Parma Inter game, the Scudetto decider, screamed out loud, saying, "This f always, this this effer hates us." You know, so th this is this is not that was 2007, 2008. So this has been going on for over a decade and, and it just never ends with this guy. And and so it doesn't matter what you do to him because he will never learn. He will never get better. So all we have to do now is hope that he retires and ruins as, as few games as possible on his way out. <laughs> you know, that That's where we are now. <laughs> Sorry, Rich. Sorry. No, I was just saying, that's it. It, it's, it is a bad situation. And, and uh, I think that, you know, whilst we can, you know, you get frustrated about these things and, oh yeah, maybe in the past, you know, it may have cost into the game, but it's not cost them much more. I think that when, like, everyone was talking earlier on, and I'm, I'm in the same uh, mindset as you guys. Look, I don't, I think Juventus will win the title. I don't think there's a yeah, so did I. So, minimal, yeah, but, exactly. But if it is close, and we never know, and, you know, yeah. there's always got to be a little bit of hope. But for, for Inter, you know, 
if you <laughs> we lost the title by a point. Yeah. You know, you look back at things like this and it's not, and that's when the real frustration comes out. Like you say, it probably won't get that close, but still, you know, it's, uh, those decisions do cost. Yeah, they do. Right, uh, let's move on because uh, by all accounts, Inter, um, you know, Inter are going into uh, the Europa League where they're playing as Ludo Goretz uh, in a, and, and in a game where I, it's on Thursday, it's, it's at, I think it's 7 p.m. or 6.55 CET. Uh, it's an away game. Um, and it's, 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 I mean, how, how, I mean, if we look at this tournament as a whole, given the situation in the league, Inter only three points off the top. Uh, it's, state, it's after 24 games. You know, they're nine points clear of fourth place Atalanta. How would you, how do you think Inter should approach this? And how would you do, how would you approach the Europa League, given the importance of the Serie A and the title race, as well as the Coppa Italia semi-final uh, that's coming up? Uh, and then the game against Juventus away that, that's coming up as well. Mo, I'm going to start with you. I've, uh, I've always been of the camp that says the Europa League is a very important tournament it really stinks until the semi-finals but when you do win it it's transformative look how many times have Lazio won the Coppa Italia in the last few years and no one pays attention to them anyway I think that I I, I know you 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 would rather go for the Coppa Italia than, than the Europa League <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm of the opposite contention I think the I think the Coppa Italia you got very highly motivated teams that really want to make something out of their season i.e. Milan and the and Napoli, so it's Ooh. going to be a harder fight, you know. I Let love them, that little burn. I love that burn you just gave me, Lamo. <laughs> it's, it's not a burn. It's a, it's a truth. I mean, you know, like it, 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 it would be a transformative event in their season, you know, if, if they if they do. But I think, for all intents and purposes, Inter, you know, uh, finishing second, whether whether they do or don't win the Coppa Italia. It doesn't make a difference. But if they do win the Europa League, and for Conte, who's like the, the big dig on Conte has always been, you know, he underperforms in Europe. I think he's probably more motivated to, to, to pick up some European silverware than another paper cup, you know. So, <laughs> I, 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 of course, I, I wouldn't, you know, uh, all that said, uh, traveling away to Bulgaria on a Thursday, uh, <laughs> on a very, uh, on, on paper, in winnable February. match. February. <laughs> exactly. Siri, well, show me hell. <laughs> is it, isn't, uh, I can't remember, but I think uh, on another podcast, I heard that uh, Ludogorets means children of the woods or the wooden elves or something. <laughs> yeah, it does, it does, he's right. Oh, sweet Jesus. So yeah. I, need to, I need to look into that. Children of the woods, is that what it means? <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I, I might be talking about uh, another team, but... No, it is. I'm sure, I'm sure I've heard that is. It's, it's really right. <laughs> it, 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 must have been, it must have been on uh, the Totally Football Show. I think it's, it's a very uh, Duncan Alexander reference. Uh, yes, it is. Oh, <laughs> but great. anyway... That's brilliant. That's the best thing I've heard today. That's, that's the first time I've laughed in 24 hours. Thanks for that. <laughs> right. But yeah, that, that said, I, I, would, I would look at that match in the context of the Sampdoria and the Juve game, of course, and, and energy management. And, and you know I've been talking about energy management for the last three or four weeks now. So I, I would see that in that sort of context. But I don't think we should punt the Europa League. I don't think Inter should. I think Inter should take it very seriously because it's a, in my opinion, a far more winnable trophy this year than the Coppa Italia. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah you, you made that point, and that's a really interesting point. It's hard to disagree with you the way you said, especially given how, uh, for Conte as well, given how Conte is always the big dig, like you said, against Conte has been the, his failures in Europe and that 3-5-2 doesn't work, and etc. Richard, where do you stand on this? Um, I, I've got to sort of agree with Noah a little bit with this because um, with the Europa League, I mean, or what used to be the UEFA Cup, you know, obviously it's Inter have had a, um, a good history in this, so it's always nice to to see them go for it. And I really agree point about the point about Conte in Europe. I mean, he's been labelled with that tag, but more so than any of that, um, I think that I'm a bit indifferent to when teams start to rest too many players too much. I do think you can lose momentum with that. And I know that you've got to take that, um, with, you know, this always comes with a caveat that players are going to get run, run dry by the end of the season. But you know, Antonio Conte has been looking to try and get a bigger squad. When we look at the likes of, you know, Ashley Young again yesterday, there are players um, who've come into this squad who, whilst, you know, ludicrous, we shouldn't, we shouldn't laugh at them. You know, they're no, they're no laughing matter. Uh, I was looking before, you know, they've, had a cracking with 6 0 win on the weekend. So they're no, they're no fools. But um, we should have a big enough squad that we can make certain changes, selected changes uh, for, for this game um, and still compete. I do like the idea that if we have got that sort of real backbone, and you know, certain players can do it. Certain players can, and they will, Inter, of course, will know those, who those players are. And so to keep as much of the base of the squads together for as, in as many tournaments as possible, I think he's beneficial. Um, I do admit, you know, the game against Ludogorets, maybe you could feel a couple more changes in there. Um, and, you know, it just comes down to, we were talking with Alistair before about potentially, you know, there's, we give those players opportunities to stand up to the plate. Some of them do it, you know. We, they, like I said before, Ashley Young's one I've just mentioned now who he's given, uh, com- you know, confidence in him and it, it's proven okay. Unfortunately, you know, we've seen that maybe Pedelli, for instance, um, he, he's had too long out um, and we know that there's issues there. So, for me, I would look to do the stronger. I wouldn't push anyone who doesn't want to play or who isn't fit or who's, who's genuinely struggling. But I think if players want to play, let them play in there and let's see how far we can go on all fronts. That's a good point. Sure. Um, personally, I, I, um, I'm, 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 you know, I got to say, Mo is, uh, Mo, you've almost convinced me actually that maybe it's better. It's actually better in terms of. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, I, th- I think you made a really compelling, compelling argument there. Um, because first of all, it's Europe. It means you have to play. Uh, you play. You play more often in it. You have. You know. You, 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 then you have the Coppa Italia, which is once every blue moon, uh, four times every blue moon. If you make it to the final, then all of a sudden you're lifting silverware. This is more in in line with 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 what Inter want to be, the club that goes far in the Champions League, which is also a Europe. You know, which is all, which, which kind of divides the season the same way. So I think I think you're making some really good points there. Um, and also playing against uh, continental uh, uh, teams, uh, and the further you go. You know, last season, Chelsea and Arsenal in the final, you know, you, you, the, the quality does get better the further you go. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know what, Mo? You convinced me. I'm just going to say it. Screw the Coppa Italia. Let's go have. for the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why, this is why, I, this is why everyone, I always say this, everyone should have like a, like Mo should have an app where you get to talk to him whenever you're feeling shit and he just makes everything <laughs> feel good again. <laughs> Uh, he, he, nobody can turn lemons into lemonade or li, or limoncello like this guy, right? Um, like, 
let's um let's 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 go into this game then. Um, I I mean I I want either way, even if you want Inter to go far or not, Inter should win this game pretty easily and probably finish this tie off in the first leg. To be perfectly honest, uh, and then maybe play with the uh, with the kids in the se- in, in 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 the return leg. I mean, let's remember Sebastian Esposito was launched onto the scene in this in this tournament last year. So um, uh, I, I I'm gonna say. That this is a game where Inter will 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 probably go in and 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 hopefully get a win to get their confidence back going because this is the second, you know, Inter have lost two games in a row under Conte now, uh, which has never happened before. So um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say that I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'll say an Inter, a comfortable Inter win. Um, Alexis Sanchez to score two goals, two nil. What do you say, uh, Rich? Um, yeah, I think it should be comfortable. Um... Well, I say that. I was looking at the laxity before. I was looking at the results. Oh, for bit... fuck's sake. Don't come here and ruin my positive vibes now. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put this question out to you because I looked at it. And, uh, so the seven points clear in the league, but their form's strange. So they win 6-0 in the league, continue to lose the next two games 1-0, draw 1-1 and then win 6-0 again. So they seem like a really hit and miss side as well. But you know, we should have the quality. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, Potentially, I think they can probably score a goal there, but uh, let's say 3-1. So, mm. it's, uh, yeah, no, I could also see Sanchez maybe getting on the score sheet as well because he's, uh, I think, a good run out for him do really doing good. Mo, will the children of the woods cause us to go <laughs> to go wandering or will, will, we, will we find our way out? <laughs> I think uh, Conte's uh, primary objective for this match will be to give Fadeli a clean sheet. I think uh, uh, I think uh, a nil-nil might be on the books, but I'll take that uh, because uh, if anything, the defense need to need to work hard. The, the team needs to work hard to make sure that uh, we don't concede after two losses. Uh, you know, and a whole string of uh, a whole string of uh, no clean sheets. So uh, I think that's that's the primary objective. So I'd say either a nil-nil or a one-nil for. For Alexis, uh, a cheeky one nil for Alexis in the in the last uh, fifteen minutes or so. Also, will you promise me that you will never ever criticize Handanovic again after this past week that we watched? <laughs> Man, you're, you're, you keep stating what I'm saying. I, I'm not. I'm <laughs> not <laughs> great, I know, I know, I know. He's a great but he's got that those errors that he's just never rectified. But you know, will I take? <laughs> will I will I take him in a heartbeat over or I'd say pretty much anyone in the league, pretty much yeah for sure for sure I think he's probably the best uh, keeper in the Serie A but uh, still yeah <laughs> yeah no it's uh, couldn't agree with you more I'm just uh, just love messing with you as long as you're gonna give me stick about Chiesa I'm gonna <laughs> gonna grill you this past week with Andanovic I don't ever want to see how I mean as soon as this guy comes back I don't care Mo if he never moves if he literally <laughs> Grows roots in the penalty area. I want Handanovic. I want Handanovic to stand in goal instead of Padelli. If, <laughs> if that means I recant, then I recant. <laughs> That's not right. Let's move on to uh, the Serie A, where we play a Sampdoria under CEO Claudio uh, Ranieri, uh, who, when he took over the side, they 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 were struggling and they looked a little bit better. Now they're back to struggling. Uh, it's at home. Uh, evening, Sunday evening. I mean, I'm thinking four, five, nil here. I mean, three, nil, four, nil, five. Like something comfortable, no nonsense. I want Inter to show that they're a big team. 
I want Inter to, to you know, to build on a little, against Ludogorica Sampdoria. I want Inter to get back to to winning ways, and I want them to win not just win. I want them to win com- in a, in a convincing manner, so they go into the Juve game with with flying um, and, and feeling confident. Um, and and anything but a, but a win here. I mean, I mean, with all due respect to Quagliarella, I mean he always scores beautiful goals, and he's a player we all love and respect. But Sampdoria are not good this year. None of the Genoa teams are. And I've you know all due respect to to Uncle Claudio, but you know he's a little bit past his best. Uh, just like Mazzari, uh, that that brand of football is a, is about is is a little bit out uh, you know out of date and. Even if he can make uh, get Sampdoria, you know, sur- to to survive this relegation battle, this is a team that Inter should be beating comfortably. What do you think, Mo? Yeah, as much as I hate uh, making uh, the kindest man in football upset, uh, I, I I have to agree with you. I think it's a straight uh, two or three nil. Uh, the kindest man in football is uh, Claudio Ranieri, of course, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's a two or three uh, nil. Uh, again, a very important to try try and get a clean sheet, Qualiarella or otherwise. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's a two or three nil. Yeah, yeah, no, I think there's not much to add to that really. I mean, now and then also now that Sampdoria have sold Caprari, I'm I'm really I'm really not happy with them. I don't really want to watch them anymore. Um, but Rich, uh, just just your what thought? What are your thoughts going into? to the Sampdoria game like what, what do you expect to see I couldn't be more with you on this I think that you look at Sampdoria recently they've been battered by Lazio uh, look it... Rich four passes and okay we're not even going to talk about Sam... Sam... can you hear me guys yeah I know you disappeared oh, uh, can I you start from... I disappeared then yeah yeah could you start again from the top yeah, so I'm cool. more with you than uh, yeah. I'm completely with you on this. I mean, you know, Lazio put five past him. Napoli then put four past him. I mean, we won't talk about Torino because they're hopeless as well. And yes, I'm very going to win. And then they've just been absolutely spanked by Fiorentina by five. So if Inter, as you said, to prove they're a big team, you know, it's at it's, it's at San Siro. This is a game where they you know they stand up and be counted. And it, it's you know they need a reaction. They really need a reaction. I mean. Yeah, OK, it wasn't embarrassing against Lazio, but if they're going to be serious about this title, then that's what they've got to do. And yeah, I don't, I don't see any particular threat from Sampdoria. Mm. Right. Um, let's uh, move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticise someone or something heavily in the world of football. Uh, starting with the negativity, uh, this week's Moji, which will be presented by Mr. Richard Hall. Um, I feel a bit bad on this one, but it, it really did sort of um, annoy me. Um, and, you know, we, we sort of touched on him a minute ago, and I've always got a keen eye on goalkeepers. And I like Pedelli. I like the fact that he's, you know, an Inter fan. And, but I just think that sometimes, you know, we, you, you see good goalkeepers. And he is, so well, he was a good goalkeeper at one point. Um, and I just don't know if it's whether to blame him or to blame Inter on this one. It seems like it was a bit of an afterthought when we've done so much else with the squad. You know, you've got a young goalkeeper in Radu who was really hungry before they lent him out to Parma, um, you know, who, who wants to make uh, an impression, who's supposed to potentially be the next in line for, you know, taking over Handanovic. Um, 
Uh, but Padeli, for me, you know, they've obviously trusted in him. Um, and for me, if you're a reserve goalkeeper, you have to be ready. You know, you look at the situation with Liverpool, for instance, and how Adrian came in and filled in for Alisson. And maybe it's a mentality. I've, I've read on this before that there is a certain mentality that a reserve goalkeeper has. Uh, and maybe he doesn't have that. But I've just felt that uh, it's almost been an oversight for Inter here because we, I've just felt watching them in the last couple of games where he's been in. And this is not against him personally, but I've just felt we've been so vulnerable. And, you know, we've, that's a really bad situation to be in. So I do think, he, you know, he's been at fault for a few of the goals. I think his overall gameplay is making the back, uh, the back line nervous as well. Um, and I just think it's, a, it's an unfortunate situation where we're at this part of the season where we've got no real other choice but to back him. Um, but, you know, I just think that sometimes teams should take more thought into their second goalkeepers because... You said, you know, OK, Handanovic has got some critics, but that's fine. But he's still very good. And when you take him away and you look at what we're left with, I certainly wouldn't trust any of the, the other two in goal. So, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a harsh one because it is against him a little bit or maybe against the fact that we haven't got anything better. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to have to throw that one at his door. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely spot on on this, Richard, because I... I, I can't blame him. It's not it's not Padelli's fault that Padelli mm. is is Inter's second goalkeeper, second goalkeeper, backup choice. It's Inter's fault that they've got, that they have a player who's not ready for the task. Um, and, and I think that is something that's going to be addressed in the summer. It was already there was already talk of Emiliano Viviano uh, on a free transfer. Uh, who you know, uh, but but yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on there. I think I think this this has to fall on Inter's door. Agreed. Um, yeah. Right. Let's uh, let's move on to something uh, slightly more comical. This week's uh, frog, which will be presented by Mr. Monasa. E clamoroso autogol di Ranocchia. Yeah, so uh, strange uh, thing presenting the frog of the week. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know if I can uh, hold the fort uh, by some of the absolute classics, but I'll take you to uh, the. <laughs> Saturday, the 8th of February, the Japanese Super Cup final uh, being contested by Yokohama FM and Vissel Kobe. Vissel Kobe is the team where ex-Barca duo Andres Iniesta and Thomas Vermaelen play. And uh, the match ends in a draw and it goes to penalties. And um, to the penalty spot come step up nine different players, of whom one was uh, Thomas Vermaelen, all of whom missed only for the last player at Vizlo Kobe to score the 10th penalty and win the Japanese Super Cup. So after a string of an incredible nine, um, nine missed uh, penalties, whether they were saved or just missed or hit the post, a whole, a whole cocktail of uh, a comedy of errors, uh, the game, the match is won by, uh, by one penalty uh, at the end of the 10th the penalty. And honestly, the videos are circulating all over Twitter and, uh, you know, football Twitter. So I, I'd uh, recommend anyone to go check them out. It's absolutely incredible. You, you think it's a parody, but it's the real deal. Have you seen Vermeilen? Vermeilen? Yeah, I was going to say, have you seen Vermeilen's penalty? Like, <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, my God. I think it's that really... alone. I mean, the, it is the Simone Zaza Invitational, as David Amoyal would say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Shout out at David Amoyal. He always says that the Simone Zaza Invitational, because uh, that really was the Simone Zaza Invitational. It's absolutely ridiculous. Right, let's move on to something much more positive. This week's Moratti, which I'll be presenting myself. He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and 
we surprise uh, people sometimes with these uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this uh, quality. Um, this week's uh, Moratti is uh, touching a little bit on, you know, previous uh, Modjis, actually, the fact that we've criticized Cagliari's fans for, for their racism and, and the lack of action by by the Serie A and, 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 and Cagliari themselves. But I, you have to give credit where credit is due. And Cagliari released a statement this past week saying that they have used camera, they've used video footage and... CCTV technology to identify uh, three individuals who over the course of the past few months have been uh, have been identified as having continuously uh, subjected opposition uh, African black opposition players or opposition players actually says for of racist chants and they have identified them and they have uh, banned them for life and given the the absolute despicable images that we saw in Portugal, uh, yesterday against uh, against an African uh, against African player of uh, for uh, whose name eludes me right now who plays for Porto uh, and and everything and the entire stadium throwing bananas and chairs and making mon- monkey monkey chants. Um, I think it's good that one club actually does something um, and 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 shows zero tolerance and bans people uh, for life. No, there is no, you know, it, it, racism is unacceptable to society as a whole, and it's, and at football we shouldn't, ha- we shouldn't have it. Um, it just shouldn't exist. And I'm very glad that Cagliari did something about it, and they were resoundingly applauded for that initiative as well. Um, I think that's great, uh, and I think it should be applauded. Yeah, I, I think what's key to that as well, which you just mentioned at the end there, is that it's been roundly applauded. Um, it wouldn't have surprised me in, in Italy. Um, you know, for, we make such a, a noise about when it happens, which is right, and it should be like that. Um, but we don't talk about the success stories enough. And so it was good that that was acknowledged as it was. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. You, you know, you, you, you gotta be, you got to be fair. Uh, you should give credit where credit is due, and you should criticise when, 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 it, when, it when a situation deserves to be criticised. Um, that's, uh, that's all we had time for this week. Uh, I'd like to thank Alistair for coming on, and I'd also like to thank you, Mo. Thank you very much. Uh, lovely show. Thanks, guys. Great to talk to you and, uh, after a long time, Rich, as well. Yeah. uh, I was just going to say thank you for coming on, Richard. It was a long time. Don't be a stranger. No, certainly won't. Really missed it. And uh, yeah, great to be back. Cheers, guys. And as always, I'm your host, Nima Tavale Rutsari, wishing you a a round of 32 win in the Europa League against the Children of the Forest, as well as three points and sempre (laughs) e solo Forza Inter. Forza Inter!